You're listening to the Starsology Astrology Podcast, and I'm your host, Alison Price. In this episode, I'm sharing my insights around the symbolism of the solar cycles and the, sol- the solstice turning points. We're going to specifically focus on the two solstices and explore the significance behind these celestial events and delve into the meaning they hold. First, I'm going to share with you some experiences I've had around solstices. So I have cherished memories of residing on the Tropic of Capricorn in South Africa during the the 90s. And um, our home was nestled in the town of Palabora. The only reason it's there is because there's actually a copper mine. And this town is right next to the Kruger National Park. And in fact, one of the gates to the parks is called the Palabora Gate. So anyway, this um, town is situated just shy of the Tropic of Capricorn. And it's actually at 23 degrees 55 minutes south, um, which is like... a honestly, a whisker away from the actual tropic. And we do need to bear in mind that these tropics are slightly moving all the time. So Palabora is a very hot place. And I have a photograph on the blog post that you can see. There's a link to it on the description below of me and my four children standing on the line across the road, which actually marcates or demarcates the Tropic of Capricorn going across the road. And it was incredibly hot there. So the Tropic of Capricorn, of course, encircles the whole Earth. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So anyway, this was um, perhaps when the children were a little younger, but you can see it was an extremely hot day. Now, Palabora itself is is a word that means two summers. And this really relates to just how hot it was living right there on the Tropic of Capricorn. And Living there, it seemed as though that we actually bypassed the traditional seasons of spring, summer, autumn and winter, and you ended up just having summer and then another summer. And in the three years I lived there, it rained for 10 minutes once. So it is incredibly hot there, and, it, and this is because you're actually on that Tropic of Capricorn. Because the seasons were very blurred, it just seemed to be a continuous, relentless heat all the time. So each year around December the 21st at the solstice, when the sun actually entered Capricorn, the sun was directly overhead and it was an intensely, tensely hot place to live. We experienced the striking phenomena of the summer solstice there in the Southern Hemisphere. And this is the time when the sun seemingly pauses, suspended directly overhead at the solstice, uh, casting its intense rays on the land. And this celestial occurrence held me both in awe and with its significance because it marked the moment when the sun reached its highest point in the sky and um, it illuminated almost the spirit of the town because the sun's powerful presence during during that solstice served as a reminder of the cyclical nature of time and the intricate dance between celestial bodies on the earth because the sun was only on that tropic of Capricorn at the moment that it entered into... uh, the sign of Capricorn from Sagittarius, and then it started slowly moving north again and the the intensity of it all eased. What I found interesting about living here was that we were actually on the on the tropics, even though South Africa is hot generally, there's no mistaking it, to actually be on that line of that tropic, for me as a as an astrologer, held quite a lot of significance. I felt that living there on the Tropic of Capricorn uh, granted me a unique vantage point to witness the grandeur of celestial events. It connected me to the cosmic rhythms that govern our world and allowed me to pre-appreciate the wonder of majesty of this sun's journey through the seasons. 
These memories of the sun's radiant embrace during the summer solstice remain etched in my mind. It is a testament to the remarkable beauty and interconnectedness of our planet's celestial tapestry. And it was also during this time of living in Palabora where I witnessed my first solar eclipse. And I'll talk about that another day. That, that too was quite something. So generally, on the whole, those living in the ge geographic band between the two tropics, we've got the Tropic of Capricorn in the southern hemisphere, then the equator in the middle, and then the Tropic of Cancer on the northern hemisphere. These are the equatorial regions. And you do, you are, I think, more in, in tune with the actual heat and light of the sun in these areas. So in contrast, for those of us now living, as I do, in the more temperate, uh, higher latitudes, or further away, they are the higher latitudes, the sun's rays are perpetually at an oblique angle and never overhead where I live here now in Vancouver, because we are 49 degrees up. The presence of the sun directly overhead in these areas of the tropics, it actually gives rise to notable variations in climate and, of course, biodiversity. Far more, far more many animals and plants live in these areas. The whole earth is much warmer and life can thrive far easier in these areas. So the abundant sunlight and the accompanying warmth provide the necessary conditions for the proliferation of life. And this fosters a breathtaking tapestry of biodiversity. Far more interesting... Oh, you see far more animals and uh, plants and bigger plants and bigger animals in these areas. So what I want to talk about today are the seasonal changes that we can witness as the sun goes through its cycles of equinox, solstice, equinox, solstice. And we're talking about this today because it actually is the solstice next week. So in the northern hemisphere, the, the summer solstice occurs around June the 21st. And the winter solstice happens around December 21st, whereas in the southern hemisphere it's different and you've got the summer solstice on December the 21st and the winter solstice on June 21st. These solstices mark the pivotal moments within the solar year and signify significant shifts in the sun's position and the duration of daylight. So I just wanted to share with you that experience I had of actually living on the tropic line. That was the first time I'd ever done it, even though I originally was from England. I'd spent time in Cape Town, which is further down south. But when we finally got to Palabora and we lived there for three years, it was unrelenting heat. And um, we used to say that the only good tree is a shade tree. It's a beautiful place. And I would certainly encourage you to visit if, you, if you're going there. It really is worth, worth the bother. So let's just get back to where these solstices come from. So because uh, if we think back to your old geography classes at school, so the Earth's axis is tilted at, at an angle of around 23 and a half degrees, although it does vary and wobble a little bit. And what it means is that it causes the Earth to face one of its hemispheres, north or south, towards the sun at any one time. So when it is the summer solstice in the northern hemisphere, there's more of the northern hemisphere facing the sun, therefore it's heating up because the sun is apparently moving higher in the sky for us. And then in winter, it is far shallower. And you see this when the sun rises at different positions on the horizon, even where you live. You can see that at midsummer, the sun will rise at a different position more north. And then it will actually, um, during the winter, it will move further south. So you can track this sun rising um, even in the horizons where you live. 
And I see this now in the city here in Vancouver, where as we're coming towards this summer solstice, the sun is rising at a different place, almost between the buildings, and it shines differently into my into my home because we are reaching that summer solstice. So where the equator goes directly around the centre of the Earth, we've got the two tropics, and they're both 23 and a half degrees above and below the equator. And it appears to us that the sun rises up to the Tropic of Cancer, and then it tracks back down again to the equator, and then tracks further down to the Tropic of Capricorn in the south. But what is actually happening is that the Earth is orbiting the sun, although our axis angle remains technically pretty much in line, and this is where the seasons are coming from. But we have the perception it is that the sun is moving up and down, and this movement is actually symbolic. It's representing the cyclical nature of our relationship with the sun and the changing seasons. So in the natural wheel, these zodiac signs are arranged in a specific order with Aries on the left and in the ascendant position, and then the subsequent find follows suit with Taurus in the second house, Gemini in the third and Cancer in the fourth, and so on. So in this, what this means is that in the natural wheel, these, the um, summer solstice in the northern hemisphere occurs right at the bottom of the chart when the sun enters Cancer. And this is just a convention we use for displaying chart purposes. But this moment represents the first cardinal ingress since the beginning of the zodiac at zero Aries. And as the sun transitions into Cancer, it symbolically signifies a connection back to the equator because this is the turning point. So the sun undergoes a turning or a shift uh, carrying symbolic implications for establishing renewed connections or foundations. The sun is actually swinging up and down like a pendulum in the rhythm of the seasons and the solar year. And during the course of one year, the sun will make a full cycle of this pendulum. So around June 21st, the sun entered Cancer and it signifies the peak of the summer or the winter, if you're in the south, respectively, and serves as this pivotal moment in the solar year. It's an important turning point for the sun. It's where the time where the sun has reached the highest point in the sky And of course, it results then in the longest day and therefore the shortest night. As the sun enters into Cancer, it represents a moment of transition and change and marks the beginning of the new season of summer. This holds profound significance for various cultures and traditions worldwide. The solstice turning point is often associated with themes of rebirth, renewal and balance and the interplay between light and darkness. Now, in many ancient cultures, solstice celebrations were held to honour these celestial events and people gathered at sacred sites uh, to witness the alignment of the sun with specific architectural features or celestial markers which they had built. So these celebrations included rituals, ceremonies and feasts and communal activities aimed at harnessing the energy of the sun at this very important day and embracing the transformative power of the solstice. And then practically, the sun's entry into cancer um, has practical implications for agriculture and the natural world. So in the northern hemisphere, it represents the peak of the growing season as the sun's energy nourishes plants and promotes abundant growth. And typically at this time, farmers and gardeners are out there and they're looking at their plants and their vegetables and what have you and tending their crops. And on a deeper level, the sun's entry into cancer invites us to reflect on the cycles of life, the nurturing qualities of the feminine and our emotional well-being. The sign of cancer is associated with themes of home, family, intuition and emotional sensitivity. And this period encourages us to connect with our inner selves, 
to nurture our relationships and to find solace and comfort in the embrace of loved ones. Overall, the sun's entry into Cancer represents a profound solstice turning point that holds both symbolic and practical significance for us today because it marks this transition in the solar year and heralds the arrival of summer, which is a season that is often regarded as one of the most delightful times of the year. Um, Summer is characterised with vibrant growth of crops and joyful frolicking of lambs in the fields, if you see them. Um, And this brings the the essence of abundance and vitality to the earth. And for those who are into growing and uh, raising livestock, the sun's entry into cancer brings a sense of relief and relaxation. It signifies the shift towards a more stable and favourable agricultural season because what is thriving now will continue um, to provide and nurture us in the future. So all the effort that was put in prior to during the spring, prior to this ingress into cancer, is actually going to pay off now because what is established and growing will continue at this point and bear fruit later on. So this is a great time. It allows us to witness the fruits of our labours if we're gardeners and take solace in the knowledge that all this hard work is paying off. Also, the arrival of summer brings a respite from the more demanding tasks associated with earlier stages of, of agricultural growth. So it's a period where we can celebrate and take a moment to appreciate the beauty of nature, um, get out and about. It's, it's a glorious time of the year. It's warm. You can, you can spend time in nature and enjoy the rewards of what has been provided. Also during summer, really, you're encouraged. There's a sense of relaxation and rejuvenation in many communities. Um, it, pro- it provides an opportunity for individuals to immerse themselves in the beauty of nature, get out and about, get in the parks, um, which I do enjoy doing. It's, I do more outdoor sketching in the summer months than I do at any other time of the year, mainly because it's more encouraging to go out. It's, it's absolutely glorious to step out and spend some time in the parks or in nature or at the beach. So let's have another look at the Tropic of Camp Capricorn. And this really occurs for us in the Northern Hemisphere in December. And it's, this is now a signal for drawing back. I'll talk more about it at that ingress. The Tropic of Capricorn solstice uh, symbolizes the turning point when the days begin to lengthen in the northern hemisphere and the lights become shorter so that's usually december the 21st it's also known as saturnalia as the sun enters capricorn and it's it comes just the week before christmas and it's the time when we know that the sun has reached its furthest most point south the furthest even though it can still be cold during the winter season we know that the actual the light the days are starting to get bigger and symbolically and we want to, I want to say psychologically, we feel better about it, more optimistic that better times are coming again. And therefore, the sun's entry into Capricorn is seen as a pulling back or a gathering of energy as it prepares to begin its new cycle and journey through the zodiac. Because from the point of a northern hemisphere person, the Capricorn ingress is the beginning of the cycle when winter begins. So that is more a time of reflection, consolidation, and also setting intentions for the upcoming year. So that December 21st is really quite a pivotal day as well. And it, you know, indicates a return to stability, grounding, and the establishment of solid foundations as the sun's energy moves towards the equator. So there are a couple of monoliths that I want to talk about today that are structures that we have created to celebrate our 
um, following of these solstices and paying attention to the cosmos and our deep connection with the with the nature. So Stonehenge was constructed with careful alignment to the summer rising of the sun on June the 21st, the day of the summer solstice. And every year people will go to Stonehenge and stay up all night from the day before to witness the dawn of the sun through the alignment of the actual great big stones on the morning of June 21st or thereabouts. So this monument is a remarkable testament to our fascination with celestial events and their significance in ancient cultures. So Stonehenge is probably most of the one, one of the most iconic examples of this Stone Age structure. And it captures the first rays of sunlight on the auspicious day of the, the first day of summer. And of course, we don't really know the exact intentions and purposes behind Stonehenge's construction, but the fact that it does still align with the summer solstice and the winter solstice as well is incredible. So Stonehenge's latitude is around 51 degrees north, so it's way out of the tropics. So the sun's light will always be coming in at an oblique angle there, but they still were able to capture these significant days. It's 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 one of my um, some of my bucket list of places to visit next time I'm in England. I definitely plan to visit Stonehenge as well. And for a more modern look at monolithic mega sculptures, I want to um, introduce you to the Sun Tunnels art in, in Utah in the USA. So this is located in the Great Basin Desert of the Northwest Utah, USA. And it's an awe-inspiring art installation that really captures attention. Now, these tunnels were crafted by renowned American artist Nancy Holt, and it offers a captivating experience. Again, places to visit. So this installation's placement coincides with the summer solstice, enhancing the artistic encounter with a mesmerizing celestial alignment. And as I understand it, it's in the it's really in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to give you a link below to a video from uh, Voldemar where he actually went to visit that. And you can see exactly what we're talking about here. So this sculpture was created between 1973 to 76. And it's, it's four massive concrete tunnels measuring nine feet, three inches in diameter. And each one's around 18 feet long. Now, these tunnels are at latitude 41 north. So uh, two of the tunnels align north-south and the other two align east-west creating um, an interesting arrangement. So they're technically concrete tubes. And the summer solstice, again, is rising to shine through these tunnels. And you can see that on some of the images there. The alignment with the solstices, again, adds a deeper layer of symbolism to this artwork. The summer solstice, again, representing the turning point in the solar year and representing abundance, vitality, and the peak of the sun's power. Therefore, the sun tunnels evoke a sense of connection to the cycles of nature, the passage of time, and the profound impact of celestial bodies on our daily lives. I understand that there are also holes cut into these tunnels that are lining up at certain times and they shine through. So when you walk into the tunnels, they are showing celestial uh, constellation layouts. I'm a little fuzzy on that, but um, when I get to visit it, I'll definitely give you all the information. The reason I brought the sun tunnels up is because it's a modern day artist's vision to capture these timing points, these these solstices that we are very much concerned with. And it shows that this interconnectedness with art, nature and the cosmos. Structures such as this highlight the artistic vision and creativity of the artist, 
while at the same time fostering a sense of awe and wonder with the natural rhythms that force and forces that shape our world. Now, if you visit these particular uh, monoliths or places, there are many more around the world uh, during the summer solstice. It is a super important time to give you a unique and immersive experience yourself as you can witness the merging of art and nature and light and shadow and the amount of light we're getting from the sun, the light, warmth and heat. So what's this got to do with us as astrologers? Well, in my mind, we've got the privilege of observing and tracking the solar cycle as it reaches its zenith at the Tropic of Cancer, and then it goes back down um, on its journey back towards the Tropic of Capricorn. And this happens every year. And of course, I knew about this when I was a kid at school, but as an astrologer, it now holds more meaning because I can see the sun moving. I can see it rising at a different position at, at different times of the year where it's moving north and getting brighter and hotter and warmer. And then as it slowly tracks back south, way, 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 way down on the horizon where it's rising in my area. And these are solar cycle peaks where the sun is at the height of one cycle. It's at the, like the crest of the wave, if you will, and then the trough of the wave as it's moving up and down and up and down. As I said earlier, like a pendulum uh, swinging back and forth. And, you know, you can go through life and not paying any attention to any of this. But as astrologers, I find it. I do love solar astrology. And this is why I wanted to talk about these solstices today, these sun turning points, and just trying to pay attention to what's actually happening, that symbolically we have reached this peak, and then it's going to start slowly moving backwards as well. Meaning that even if you want to relate it to your life, that your life comes in seasons or your life comes in cycles. And I've been considering this quite a lot in the last couple of years that we don't always do the same things. And we there is maybe a season for, well, as a, as a woman, there's a season for being young. There's a season for bringing up your kids, which could can be many years, but it's still a season. And then you have other seasons that occur as well. And these are very often not always related to the sun, but frequently related to perhaps other planets as well. And Saturn comes to mind in this particular comment that I'm trying to make here, that there are cycles and seasons running constantly through our lives and we are witness to them because we are astrologers and we can see them. So the solar cycle lasts one year, but cycles other from other planets such as Saturn, which has a 30-year cycle, has far broader strokes for its seasonal breakdown. So before the age of 30, before your first Saturn return, you are in the what, the youthful season, then you're in the maturity season from 30 to 60 odd, and then from 60 on to 90 plus, you're into that, uh, what we call the, the third age, as it were, where there's there's a whole different s- season of what you're doing, even though these seasons are massively long. And this is what I, I want to consider, and I would like you to give some thought to, that the different planets offer different cycles and seasons that we can tune into And I do believe that it does depend on which planets are prominent in your chart, which cycle or seasons you want to be tracking as that if that if you have a more significant planet or not in your chart. And really, it does come down to understanding your chart. These cycles offer an ebb and flow. And perhaps if you're very tuned into the moon, you will see the ebb and flow over the month, two weeks ebb, two weeks flow. And you're in that kind of cycle, paying close attention to that. You may be interested in the Jupiter cycles, which are the 12-year cycles. It just depends which planet is prominent for you and which planet you actually resonate with closely. And why not? And there doesn't just have to be one planet. There may be one or two or three planets that you really tune into and know 
very well. And for me, it's the sun. I do enjoy the solar cycles. I like the way it it breaks the year up. And I like the idea of seasonality because the season is really three signs and the summer season for us in the north is Cancer Leo Virgo. And that is around 90 to 100 days. And it's really a good chunk of time to get things done. I think it, I, I like working with these solar seasons and cycles and I wanted to actually share that with you. And just in my roundup, because I do like to give aspiring astrology activities and why not, things to think about um, after you've listened to this podcast. And um, because I'm here in Vancouver and this is 49, 49 degrees north, so it's known as the 49th parallel, meaning that we're 49 degrees, 14 minutes north from the equator. And there's actually a brewing company in the city called the 49th Parallel Brewing Company, which crafts a delicious local beer, or so I've heard. And there may be other things in your area that actually are tapping into these cycles of the sun, particularly because we, we can work on those as well. And um, here I do experience significant changes in the seasons, especially the amount of light from the sun during the summer as opposed to winter. And clearly it's not as hot or bright as it was when I lived in Palabora, which was way closer to the equator. So I just wanted to discuss these turning points at the solstices as something to think about as we reach the summer solstice here this week. I believe that living my life in line and aligned to the seasonal shifts created by the movement of our tilt and the apparent path of the sun. And I wanted to share that as I learn more about astrology, it becomes more and more meaningful when I'm reading charts where the sun is and whether it's at its at the extremes of its path, either north or south, or perhaps at the equinoxes. It's a, such an interesting subject. So thank you for getting this far. If you found some value or learned something to make you think more about the astrology that you are practicing, then please share this episode with those who may be interested. It would mean a lot to me. Thanks for sharing a part of your day with me. Love, Alison. Thanks so much for getting this far through the episode. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the two main options of my astrology services. So the first one is coaching. If you are an aspiring astrologer, and by that I mean someone who's perhaps a hobbyist astrologer or someone who's learning astrology or a student, or you've got a few books and you've been doing it for a while, but perhaps you need a little bit of help to bring it all together then maybe getting some astrological coaching from me would be the answer for you. The astrology coaching I offer is a one-hour session on Zoom, and it's tailored to answer your particular questions. For example, if you have issues with natal chart readings, we can go there. Or if you're having problems working with your forecasting, we can go there. Or even basic astrology stuff, or even getting yourself organized for your astrology business. The idea is that astrological coaching will answer your particular questions. It's tailored specifically to you and where you are in your astrological journey. And I'm happy to help you out with some guidance about how you can get going, what to focus on and what to dismiss. So that would be the astrological coaching for people trying to learn astrology. The second astrological service I offer is consultations. So this is for someone who perhaps doesn't know anything about astrology, but they just want to have their chart read or get their chart done. Call it what you will. So once more, this is a one-hour consultation over Zoom. I will interpret your chart, tell you about the main features, tell you about where the energy is flowing, and all the rest of what is entailed 
in a thorough natal chart interpretation. I can also add in some forecasting in there too, bearing in mind we only have one hour. So just in summary, I've got coaching for people who want to learn astrology, and I've got uh, consultations for those who want to get an astrology reading done. I'm Alison Price from Starsology.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.